Attention. Attention. Please listen very carefully. A swarm of killer bees is coming this way. I want every teacher and every student to close off whatever area you may be in at this very moment. We've been fighting a losing battle against the insects for 15 years. But I never thought I'd see the final face-off in my lifetime. And I never dreamed that it would turn out to be the bees. They've always been our friends. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, thousands of fathoms beneath the sea, this is the Deep Dive Podcast. All I had one third, off scope. Battle stations. Battle stations! Hello divers, and welcome to another delightful episode of the Deep Dive Podcast, the only podcast proven to relieve moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Shop Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. And with me, as always, is, is Manda. the marvelous Mrs. Manda, which oh. I'm procuring from that Hulu uh, show. Oh, I love that font, too. Yeah. You, you know the font of the actual yes. screen grab? I love that. I think it's I have that font. 1950s. Yeah, I Yeah, that. I have that in my, uh, my font book. My font book. I love, why can't they bring font book to iPad? Uh, we'll talk. Okay. Yep. You can. Okay. Whoops. So. <laughs> And now back to Apple Talk. No, no, we're not, no, no. We're not doing that. No, no, no. Too many of those around anyway. Instead, yep. for today's installment, we decided to talk about our favorite bee movies. But somehow that got turned into movies about bees and but, not, as you might think, low-budget movies. Let's get buzzed. Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah. And I have to thank, right at the beginning, a uh, friend of the show, Bob Acorn, for... Uh, pollinating this idea <laughs> we were having a discussion about uh b movies and that turned for some reason into <sighs> b e e movies Man, bob's so cool yeah and so we thought hey that would be a great topic for the show right and you know it stands to reason we'll see if that works out um <laughs> yeah um we're still gonna publish it so even if it doesn't <laughs> guess what nah, you're, it's <laughs> you're too late now us. you're into it you subscribed you subscribed you're done and if you haven't, please subscribe. Yeah, please, yeah, please. please. <laughs> we'll be your best friends. <laughs> All right, let's start us off. Absolutely. Amanda, what do you got for us? Well, I knew we were going to do this play on the B-movies thing, so I decided to go serious. Seriously? Super serious. Seriously? Serious. Seriously. Let's do an ASMR. No, we're not going to do that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so I chose a documentary. Because I think it's vitally important that we talk about the crisis we find ourselves, the world finds themselves in regarding bees. This one happens to be called More Than Honey, came out in 2012, directed by Marcus Imhoff. He actually produced it as well. And let's see. The basic plot of this film is it follows several protagonists and their sort of relationship to bees, about bees, for bees. So we have a beekeeper, we have a farmer, we have people who are directly and indirectly affected by the care and welfare of bees, and specifically honeybees. So, of course, the life of a honeybee is, you know, it's, it's made, it's a baby tiny bee, and it goes buzzing around until it finds a flower, and then it pollinates said flower, 
and then it eats stuff with the flower, and then it goes back to its honey place, and it makes honey. Well, I wish I'd had this talk with my parents when I was a kid. Yeah. Why do they call it the birds and the bees? I am so confused by that. Why wouldn't it just be like the birds and the birds, or mommy bird and daddy bird, or like orca, whale, and dolphin? You know, I think I think you're just being um, just, you know, a little bit speciesist. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, anyways, um, so the life of that of the bee is relatively short, but so crucial and so important to so many things. For example, do you like cashews? No, and gesundheit. <laughs> okay, uh, let's try another one. Do you like blueberries? Why, yes, I do. Okay, then. Did you know that without the honeybee, blueberries would almost cease to exist? I did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. Also, so would so many other plants because they pollinate it. And unfortunately, and maybe also fortunately, as a human race, we have learned to cultivate bees. Things have changed rapidly. We don't keep bees the way my dad did. My grandfather would probably walk from his property disturbed if he saw the way we keep bees today. He'd think, my God. You've lost your soul in that, in husbandry of the hive and the care and the compassion and the, and the keeping of the hive. He would say we've sacrificed our relationship with the colony. So, of course, bees are harvested. They're manufactured in a sense. And then they're shipped across the states, across the world in these giant 18-wheelers to then sort of go and, and pollinate other plants that can only be grown in a certain area of the world. And then they're just kind of left there. Um, something I found out about through this uh, sort of documentary is that bees can't really hear that well. <clears throat> so what they do is they rely on the sun. The The position of the sun sort of lets them know how far away they are from their home base. Um, so you can imagine if you're trapped in a car for like 18 million hours, you're all discombobulated. You're not going to know which way is up, let alone, let alone where the sun is. So half these bees, after being transported to wherever they're going... They don't make it because they're confused, you know? It's just, it's really quite sad. But more importantly, um, it's fascinating. So in bee language, which, believe it or not, amounts to like a sort of dance that they do, um, they communicate things like how far away the hive is or um, closest area for food through these small interpretive dances, I want to say, because, of course, they don't necessarily have too much on them other than like furry antennae but i mean people have studied these these creatures and it's just fascinating um something that i found on the website for this um documentary uh, and i'll read it here it says over the past 15 years numerous colonies of bees have been decimated throughout the world but the cause of this disaster remained mostly unknown can we really just blame pesticides can we blame the weather uh, pollution wi-fi probably wi-fi Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, so billions of bees, they leave their hive. They never come home because, of course, like I said, they're being transported or they get, you know, confused, whatever. And that you can't there's no like giant crime scene of bees, you know, mm -hmm. like you're not going to be walking through a field and all of a sudden <clears throat> giant bees everywhere or like just bees everywhere. Can you imagine giant bees? That'll be terrifying. I do have a story about this after I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I'm just thinking of little tiny little B-shaped chalk outlines on the ground. Oh, and the tiniest little mm. like markers. Oh, so sad. Mm. Anyways, um, so yeah, it there is a responsibility that we all have, of course, to take care of our environment. Um, but part of that is 
being careful what plants you pick, what pesticides you use, of course, um, trying to source local honey, right? I mean, everyone loves a farmer's market, especially around New England, where we are from. Um, every autumn, there's about a farmer's market every 600 yards um, where you can go and buy local honey, which, by the way, I found out, fun fact, if you do uh, consume local honey a certain amount per year, it does actually help, they say, with your allergies for the yes, oncoming it's season. The local plants exactly. that you're allergic to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. And of course, we wouldn't really have that natural antigen without bees. Yep. So this film won a numerous amount of awards. We're talking Australian, German, Swiss, Bavarian, uh, Santa Barbara Film Festival Award, all for best documentary. Wow. Yeah, it, it was, it's, it's, a, it's so fantastic. Um, IMDb gives it a 7.6. Metacritic gives it a 70%, which I think is unfair. I think it's really unfair. Um, and a lot of the comments really state length of time. Um, it was a little long, okay? Prepare yourself. And it can be a little bit depressing, but it's stuff we need to know, okay? Mm. Get through it. Um, and I'm giving it a 9.5. Wow. Yeah, That's it was. high praise. It was, because I think a lot of it has to do with guilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because we're, it's just so, they seem almost like they're indispensable, because you think, oh, well, they're tiny bees, you know? There must be bajillions of them. Well, they're not. The honeybee, which actually comprises of, like, maybe two or three species, is just it's not as what it used to be um having said that there's this sort of like notion that honeybees are uh really the only ones going extinct they're not there are so many other types of bees like carnivorous bees down in uh, chile and there's tons of other species of bees which i think there's about 90 i think something like that the movie said um that are no longer around just simply due to human habitation like like oh it's just really quite sad but it's important. Mm. So um, if you want to watch it, which you certainly should, you can rent it on um, the website for the documentary, which is morethanhoneyfilm.com for four ninety nine. You can also get it on Amazon, iTunes, um, and several other platforms. I suggest you buy it. It's twelve ninety nine. Um, some of this money does profit um, sort of these local charities and whatnot, um, f- as far as I know. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was a great film. It was very informative. It was... I don't want to say it's predictable because, of course, most people know the plight of the bees right now. But it was also like it wasn't afraid to to really make us feel not the shame, but to feel responsibility. Mm, wow. So, yeah, um, I think you should watch it. Nice pick. I like yeah, that. Thank you. Now, remember, this does not apply to wasps, which are the jerks and a-holes of the insect world. Yeah, I hate wasps. They I have was no reason to exist. Field, and one time a wasp like was down on the ground for some reason and I stepped on him. I had no shoes on because why would you wear shoes in a field? It was like 1984. Uh, don't know what that has to do with anything. Well, you know. Anyways, I have fond memories of that. My my parents told me that like I was just not an, a good kid, and sometimes I would run around like without shoes in a field that was behind our house, and then I got stung by bees, and I never did that again. But and yeah. we're back. And we're back. Also, fun fact here: if you yeah. are allergic to bees and you need to carry an EpiPen around. Um, the ingredient in the EpiPen, which specifically stops the inflammation that you get from a bee sting, is actually available in things like penicillin and ibuprofen, but just not in a high enough a dose right. and a quick enough a do- uh, mm, dose. Yeah, you got to get it right in there. Right in there, yeah. Um, that's another thing that I will sort of tackle at another time, but EpiPens should be available for everybody. I regardless agree that, of, of your status, regardless of your class, whatever, how much money you make, doesn't matter. If you need an EpiPen, you got to carry it around on you and some a hole should not be charging someone $800 for one brought to you by not the EpiPen company. 
thank yeah. you <laughs> yeah okay um i'm uh yeah i think that was good i'm i'm a little bit flustered right now that's fine i'm gonna cool down all right so in the meantime yeah go ahead you go i actually have compiled some interesting b facts of my own oh have you and these uh actually uh come from the ontario beekeepers association that's a real thing it is a real thing i actually saw that yep yep, yep, yep. so here are these fascinating b facts bees have two stomachs one stomach for eating and the other stomach is for storing nectar collected from flowers or water so that they can carry it back to their hive unbelievable oh yes oh man this is gonna be a long one <laughs> uh, bees are the only insect in the world that makes food that humans can eat bewilderment mm, two for two uh, the average worker bee makes about one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in her lifetime. How be spoke of them. I, do I even want to go to the last one? All right, fine. <laughs> the average lifespan of a honeybee during the working season is about three to six weeks. I got nothing. Okay, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's so sad. It, it is kind of sad, but on the other hand, while bees are an important part of the Earth's ecosystem, yep. they are not your friends. They don't like you. That's not true. It is true. They don't like you. And I've got proof. Do you have bee sting scars? No, but I did see some movies about killer bees. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. Are you saying that you chose killer bees? I chose killer bee movies because, you know, somebody has to represent the other point of view, which is uh, bees are mean and I don't like them. Hmm, just like uh, turkeys? Don't get me started. <laughs> we don't want to go back there. Okay. So... My first pick in this whole Killer Bee thing uh -huh. is the 1978 movie, The Swarm. The Swarm. Mm -hmm. Way back in the 1970s, the disaster movie was huge. Movies like The Towering Inferno, Earthquake, and The Poseidon Adventure were just massive box office hits. And the man behind the films I just mentioned is Irwin Allen, the master of of disaster they called him he was like like the michael bay of his day that rhymes again Ooh. see I'm, I'm rhyming this is good I'll start my rap career soon <laughs> no i will not <sighs> so as the decade of the 70s wore down the disaster movie did as well the last such movie that Irwin allen directed was the swarm for more than 20 years Scientists have known that a swarm of killer bees has been headed towards the United States. Now, Warner Brothers presents Irwin Allen's The Swarm. Its size is immeasurable. Its power is limitless. Its enemy is man. Irwin Allen's The Swarm. It is more than speculation. It is a prediction. The Swarm is coming. This is the Killer Bee movie to end all Killer Bee movies because, frankly, it was so bad that nobody wanted to make any more of them. <laughs> yeah. So this continued the typical epic disaster movie formula that he kind of pioneered, which was, uh, you know, you had an all-star cast looking for an easy paycheck and a supporting cast uh, made up of actors in the sort of the declining years of their careers or they were like TV actors uh, sports figures, because, you know, the Towering Inferno had O.J. Simpson, womp womp. Uh, yeah. 
Wait, he was an actor? He, he, yes, he was. O.J. Simpson. You don't remember Naked Gun? Nope. Wasn't yeah. he a murderer, though? Um, yes. Something to do with, like, say. a white horse and, like, a gloved thing? No? You know, you really need to watch more A&E. Uh, yeah. We need to get you caught up on all this whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Starring in The Swarm is one of my favorite actors, Michael Caine. Ooh. Now, he is... Without a doubt, a fantastic actor. So well known, too. I mean, all you have to say is Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. But it looks like he's planning his next tropical vacation during the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Super tanned? give me my check, give me my check, give me my check. Uh, you know, because this was, because Michael Caine was not ashamed of doing movies just for the check. Really? Yes. I mean, we're talking Jaws the Revenge here. Come Doesn't on. Doesn't he have a knighthood, though? He does, but... He's not ashamed to admit that, yeah, I mean, if he wants to go buy a house or he wants to go on a trip or, you know, he's going to he's going to do a movie that's going to get him there. OK, so he's got, you know, him. and he's he's honest about it, yeah. which is great. But Good he's also him. been in some amazing films. So I got to give him credit for being honest. Now, he in this film, The Swarm, is a scientist, of course, who tries to warn the American government that a missile base was attacked not by an unseen enemy, but by a giant swarm of African killer bees. It's always African killer bees. They get such a bad rap. They do because they're the killer ones. Yeah. The African killer bees. Yep. Now, of course, the military, being what they are, <laughs> wants to use deadly poison to kill the bees. But Dr. Michael Caine, as I will call him, because <laughs> I don't remember the character's name, because <laughs> seriously, do I really have to? Because he's basically being himself. Killer bees. He, he says... Now, now, you can't do that because of ecology. Don't uh, ever do that again. Fine, I won't do that again. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> the bees are just like all over the place, stinging yeah. people willy-nilly using mm. cheesy 70s era special effects like gluing fake bees onto people's faces. Fake you know, bees? Fake bees glued onto people's faces. It's, yeah. So it's like a, basically a pipe cleaner? Kind of. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous because you see... You see them like bouncing around like pom-poms on people's faces, <laughs> like really awful skin tags. It's not good. Ew. It's just, it doesn't, it's not a good look. <sighs> yeah. So they discover eventually that it was the missile base's alarm that attracted the bees in the first place. So they devise a plan to lure the bees out to sea using a similar kind of alarm. Now... Like I said, this is a B-movie and a B-movie. It's both <laughs> at the same time. Uh, it was directed by Irwin Allen and looks like an old TV movie of the week. Um, so it's, you know, everything is is lit like like the sun is out all the time. It's uh -huh. just kind of crazy. The dialogue is so stiff you could use it as a crowbar. Uh, <laughs> and the entire cast should have been arrested for overacting. Oh. That is with the exception of Michael Caine. Who you know was sleepwalking through the entire thing? <laughs> you can just tell. By definition, overacts anyways. Yeah, that's so, just his personality, I think. But he's just like here. He's like so mostly just like just cutting it, like you know, just just showing up for work and then leaving. You can tell <laughs> he's like, yeah, give me more paycheck. Right. I'm sorry, I did uh, yeah, it again. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. You gotta get a beeline out of here. No, oh, hey oh. now. But it's this is a, kind of a ridiculously entertaining movie to watch. Uh, if you like your bee movies with Ooh. actual bees, you should check out The Swarm. Um, it's not a good movie. I will give it that. But IMDb gives it a 4.4 .4 out of 10. And 
not surprisingly, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a whopping 11%. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. is bad. But if you want to subject yourself to this, <laughs> uh, it is the typical $2.99 on mm-hmm. YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and Voodoo. Maybe you could sit down at the beach and drink a beer. Yeah. While I'm, watching this movie. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to help with that because, frankly, I'm just disappointed. All right. So, but that was your, was that your, I believe you said it was going to be your, what do you, do you have a different one? No, no. That's that, your, my, okay. I'm telling you, I got really hung up and very passionate about that That's documentary. okay. That's okay. So I just, I wanted to not put too much of that into this because I just, I, you know, I know some people think that I'm amazing and that I'm just, you know obviously glorious Mm, i just wanted to know i just want to make people know that i'm just you know i'm humble too i can i can sit back and let you have the spotlight for once you know i'm sorry were you done yeah go ahead okay thank you so we're gonna go from a truly truly awful killer bee movie to in my humble opinion the best of the killer bee movies there's more than one oh yeah (laughs) this was a thing in the 70s there were quite a few killer bee movies because it was a big kind of uh uh everybody was scared that the african killer bees were going to migrate oh okay uh, yeah. and cause real problems yeah. because these were really aggressive bees right you, know, you didn't have to bother them for them to bother you which was you know okay. kind of scary and they would yeah. all come at you at once and that was you know really bad so people were freaking out about killer bees around then well do you know i remember reading too that the african killer bee is actually like a cross-pollination for lack of a better term of western bees and yeah from the african continent which interestingly enough would make them man-made and would also make them kind of like a bioweapon yeah you could say that that's you know that's a way of looking at it so they're they're just very ill-tempered bees also wasn't there something a few years back about like zombie bees zombies oh yeah. Yeah, there was, wasn't there? Zombies. I don't know. Oh, okay. I just like saying zombies. Zombies. That that if that's not a movie, it should be. <laughs> let's get let's get to work on that. Yeah, seriously. Zombies. Copyright. That's right. We're saving that one, so don't steal it. And like snakes on a plane. That was my idea, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That is your real name. Ugh. So back to my next pick. A couple of years. Before the swarm was unleashed upon an unsuspecting populace, we had the Savage Bees. Ooh, not which, just the bees, but not the, the Savage, savage bees. bees. I actually like that title. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I, it's to a, be honest it's with you, it's a fun yeah. title. I like it. The Savage Bees. You are in danger. You have 60 seconds to clear the street. The Savage Bees, a terrifying mind butler of a movie. And it really could happen. Panic breaks loose as millions of deadly bees descend on an American city. First time on TV, The Savage Bees, Monday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain Time on NBC. Now, this was actually a TV movie that aired on NBC in November of 1976. And it was directed by a man named Bruce Geller. Now, if that name sounds somewhat familiar to you... Bruce or Jenner? You, no, no, no. Oh. And that's not even Bruce Jenner anymore. Oh, oh, sorry. That was our, that was our Switch movie. We didn't oh, yeah, really yeah, I forgot. forgot that. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Bruce, uh, Bruce Geller, was actually the person who uh, uh, created the Mission Impossible series. Oh, with... Um, 
What's that guy's name? Bruce Willis. No. Um. Try again. Oh, I know. Um, Tom Hardy. No. <laughs> okay. Who could it be? Like Tom Cruise or something? Yeah. Well, that's the you know we're we're talking about these are the movies, but the movies were actually based on a television series that aired several decades ago. So oh. Mission Impossible, the series was created by Bruce Geller, who uh, went on to do a few other things, including the Savage Bees. Oh yes. So you can thank him for Mission Impossible, which the last few of those movies have been really good. I really enjoy them. So there you go. Sponsor. Yeah. Hashtag sponsor is Paramount Pictures. Yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> so this movie starts off with kind of a mystery. This Brazilian boat, like a mm. banana boat kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. Sort of limps into harbor at, at New Orleans. And the crew is dead. So the whole oh. crew's dead. They're, and it just kind of floated into harbor. Oh, okay. No one stared at it. It just no. floated in. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Yeah. I'm with you. So there's a there's kind of a mystery and there's the local sheriff that's trying to figure out what's going on. It's very kind of Jawsy in that way. Well, like Anaconda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this was a year after Jaws was released. So they were already starting the knockoffs. <laughs> so boat floats in. Everybody's dead. Sheriff's like, what's going on? You know, what's the... And of course, they discover that they have all been stung to death by... Africanized bees. Mm -hmm. It turns to now, where are these bees? Where did they come from? How did they get on the boat? And basically you find out that... Do they have um, their passports? They Tiny passports. They're hard yeah. to read. Yeah. Uh, that they were actually... There was a, a hive that had that bees had built in the hull oh, okay. of the boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then somebody went snooping around and, of course, unleashed the bees and it killed everybody on the boat. So now they have this colony of African killer bees floating around in New Orleans, and it's Mardi Gras. So the local sheriff and some plucky scientists have to stop the bees from turning the unsuspecting Mardi Gras parade partygoers from becoming human pincushions. So once again, they cannot use conventional methods to remove the bees, simply because they'll disperse, and they will breed with the local bees, resulting in, you guessed it, more killer bees. So Killer bees squared. So they have to come up with some kind of really inventive way to remove the threat of the bees without, uh, you know, without dispersing them, causing them to go all over the place. Yeah. So they do, and this is, this is one of the reasons why I really like this, they come up with a pretty ingenious solution to this problem. And it is uh, both, uh, like I said, both very, very clever and also very humane. Oh, good. And I won't spoil it for you, but it does involve a red Volkswagen Beetle and the Louisiana Superdome. So figure that out if you can. Wasn't there a Beetle car that talked? Birdie. Birdie? Herbie. Herbie. The love bug. Yeah. Yes. Punch. This was a, uh, this was sort of a, yeah, Herbie the love bug. That's a whole other thing. Just be responsible, people. Oh, and be kind, rewind. See if you're old enough to remember that. Then good for you. Mm. But anyway, as I said, this is a this is kind of a no budget TV movie. But the filmmakers made up for it with good characters and some pretty clever ideas. Um, I do have a soft spot for this one because it did scare the bee Jesus out of me oh. when I was a little kid. So there you go. This movie gets a 5.1 out of 10 Ooh. on the Internet Movie Database Ouchies. and a 29 percent on 
Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe not everybody's, uh, you know, cup of B. <laughs> oh, man. I was so going to say that. Good job. Oh, yeah. see? Good no, job. Great good minds. Job. Great minds. Now, sadly, The Savage Bees is not officially on any streaming service. However, as of this recording, it is available for free in its entirety on YouTube. So get yourself some creme de menthe and some brandy and make yourself a stinger cocktail. Because that's what that's called. <laughs> That's right, a stinger. Creme de menthe. Creme de menthe and brandy. Uh, and then get comfy, get on YouTube, watch The Savage Bees. You'll be glad you did. Be amazed. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know, I have a vivid memory of creme de menthe in, um, just in a movie. Do you remember that movie 28 Days Later? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one scene where the guy is like, hey, we're going to save this, but we'll drink it because, you know, you guys are here. And it's like that or green liquid and it's creme de menthe. Yeah. Then they go into a grocery store and they see these green apples. And his only response is, hmm, irradiated. That's, <laughs> I just, I remember that vividly. So well, every time you say that, I'm going to remember that. See, and it's funny. When I say it, there's something that I remember. And it's from an episode of Cheers, the TV series in the bar where. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. And so uh, somewhat, well, Kelsey Grammer, who plays Fraser Crane, of course, Mm -hmm. then he got his own show, was uh, ranting about something and someone else threw a a glass of of liquid in his face, right? Just like sometimes when you're trying to like, you know, get somebody out of a, out of a, like they're having a hysterical fit, they (laughs) splash like something in their face to to wake them up out of it. Quick, bring the pole and spring. Yeah. But, you know, they, they, they throw the liquid in his face and he like like licks his lips and looks up and he goes, creme de menthe? Really? <laughs> I didn't realize that he got a spinoff show from Cheers. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I didn't even really yeah, know that. Yeah, the character appeared for quite a few seasons on Cheers yeah. and then spun off into Frasier. And then Frasier got bigger than Cheers? No, I don't think it actually got bigger than Cheers. I mean, Cheers yeah. was a really, really popular show in its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It took a few years to get going, but yeah, it, it was pretty popular, and so was Frasier. So it was because yeah. it was a great character, and Kelsey Grammer, you know, number yeah. one, he's really good. Totally. So, are you, uh, do you feel good? I you feel You feel good. like you're helping some bees? I do. I have a question for you. Yes. How do bees style their hair? I don't know. How do bees style their hair? With a honeycomb. Ooh, I was thinking like a beehive hairdo or something. Oh, See? yeah. Like they make the beehive. A, I was going off in a different with a kind honeycomb. of direction there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, we're coming to the end. We've got a quick shout out to give because that's the, the time of the episode. I want to say hello to my husband, Wayne. Huge supporter. Allows me to do this. Thanks so much. Well, you know, you know what I mean. He, he, never mind. Uh, also, hi to Jabberjaw Media on Instagram. They have been a follower of ours for quite a while. Uh, and they always seem to like our new posts. So thank you so much. They've got some great content, if you are not aware. They do a lot of music-oriented ones. Um, but yeah, thank you to those folks. And in a, in a similar vein, I would like to uh, thank my wonderful wife, Carolyn, who uh, Mrs. is Feeney. Yeah, she has uh, uh, been a, a huge supporter of the podcast and super chill, super chill and is is thoroughly, uh, thoroughly happy that uh, I'm staying out of her way by doing this. Yep. So, you know, kudos to you, honey. Uh, <laughs> get it, honey. Peace. Anyway, oh, oh, and we're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. And hopefully, you know, we will continue to uh, be doing this for quite a while. Catch you on the B yeah. side. So on the next dive, Easter is coming faster than you can melt a box of peeps in the microwave. And we've all done that, haven't we? No. 
Okay, never mind. But you know something? I think that the egg one, like, you know, the little egg ones and the bunny ones, they taste different. You think so? Yes. And I am a firm believer that macaroni in different forms tastes differently. Like if you get ziti versus rigatoni versus like the spiral ones, fusilli. Don't be fusilli. Um, <laughs> actually, that's probably because of the surface area of each one uh, soaks up different amounts of sauce. Right. And so it gives you a little bit of a different uh, flavor profile. So more if in like the peeps, you get the bunnies, you've got ear texture instead of like the chicks with the chick tick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we get the Cadbury cream eggs, which <gasps> Can are... I, oh, wait a minute. Listen, America does not do Cadbury's right. I am sorry, Hershey's Company. I love you, but no, you... you... Uh, America in general doesn't do chocolate, right? I'm so, Okay, so when I go to England in a couple months, mm. I'm going to bring you back some really fancy stuff. One of them will be a proper Cadbury egg. I would like that very yeah. much. Yes, I will. I will do that for you. And also, uh, I believe, and I don't know if they are going to do it this year, uh, but I believe that uh, in the UK, McDonald's does a Cadbury egg... Um, McFlurry. They? McFlurry. They do. Yeah, that sounds amazing to me. It, it is very good. It's very good, too, when it melts because mm. you can drink it. and It's almost like drinking caramel soup. Oh. Yeah, it's really tasty. That sounds wonderful. You know what I'll do is I'll Skype you while I have one. Uh, no, that would be torture. <laughs> I thought we were doing an ASMR episode, no? Yeah. No, we're not yeah. doing it. <laughs> uh, stop it. <laughs> Can't go, can't go down that. Uh, I know. So, so thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Easter, by the way, is coming faster, as I said. Mm-hmm. Peeps in a microwave. Mm-hmm. We've got some of our favorite secular and Jesus-y films that we're going to share with you on our Easter spectacular. Jesus-y? So, and we're not exaggerating. Oh. I'm starting early. What kind of passion are you trying to bring through? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, Get okay, it? Because so it was like passion. Yeah, of passion of the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, fine. Who well, directed that, Tom Hanks? You no, know what? No, no, let's, no, just, okay. let's, let's, let's just... Stay tuned. Let's just stop. Okay. It'll be excellent. Right, uh, okay. Three. Two. Two. One. one. Peeps. Pe- what? No. No? Oh. Okay, and transmission. transmission. Special thanks to Spirits of the Symphonic and Echocraft for our amazing theme music. Links to both artists can be found on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.podbean.com. If you like us, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Overcast, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Will history blame me or the bees? The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media.